I want to say to you, run the race. I want to say to you, keep the faith. This morning was not a demonstration of anything that Cy or Preston or Tim or I had done, but a, 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 a fruit of ministry begun years and years ago. Thank you for being faithful. And I'm glad you got to be here to see. We don't always get to see the fruit of what we do, but, you know, there she is. There she is. Um, today's message, it's, it's, not, it's not hard, all right? It's, 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 it's one that we've heard before. We're going to continue to be in Luke, but the iPad's acting up too, and we ain't scared because uh, I got the word sitting right over here, and it's only four or five verses anyway. So I'm going to read about a couple of sisters. Now, interestingly enough, today, um, I was reading this morning, and I guess I knew it, but I never paid attention to it. Some things you know, but you just don't put two and two together like you should. Um, the synoptic gospels don't actually mention Mary and Martha, all right? They're mentioned extensively in John, but this is the only place in the synoptic gospels that they are mentioned, all right? And we know that Jesus loved Martha. We know that Jesus loved Mary. We know that Jesus loved Lazarus. We know that they were a part of the ministry of Jesus. We know that uh, it's potential that outside of the disciples, Mary and Martha and Lazarus were three of Jesus' best earthly friends. We know these things from the Scripture. But Luke only tells us this story right here. And it is in Luke chapter 10. We're in verses 38 through, I believe, 42. And here's what it says. Jesus and his disciples were on their way. They came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her. <clears throat> let me just... let." Me, don't, don't tell her to help me out, exclamation point, don't, you want to, some of y'all are laughing, you're like, I would never, yeah, you do, all the time, all right, especially you teenagers, God, tell him to ask me to the prom, God, Tell the teacher to put the test off. God, yeah, you do. I'm turning 16. God, tell my mom to get me that car. All right? Hey, listen, if you think back to your formidable teenage years, maybe even your elementary school years, you will recognize that Garth Brooks was, in fact, a prophet. Some of you are like, I don't get it. Others of you are catching on. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. If you do not believe that's true, think of the name of the first person God you asked God to marry. I can tell you mine. I can, I can, I can. I was in like second grade. Come on, Patty Thompson, bring it. Mama, you got it, didn't you? 
You knew what that one was. That's right. Back then, you didn't want to kiss them. You wanted to, you wanted to get hit by them with a dodgeball. That's love. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. I want you to look at this church because I'm going to say some things this morning that are going to go against some mainstream thought, but they are not going to go against Scripture, all right? You are worried and upset, uh, stressed out and anxious over many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one, now that I think about it, you need to see that phrase as if Jesus is pondering his response. There's actually not a whole lot of things worth giving this kind of time and energy to. And if I really boiled it down, there's probably just one. That just so happens to be me. And it will not be taken from her. Come on. There is some richness, some blatant teaching for our day in these five verses and in this simple story. Let's go back and find them together. Jesus and his disciples. Jesus and his disciples. What does this tell us? It, you all, it tells us Jesus was with his disciples. It tells us something else. How many disciples? Twelve. So how many people? Thirteen. We live in a very frugal, or, or not frugal, we live in a very, um, 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 we live in a society that has. We are the top three percent of the world, right? We live in a society that has. Anybody here own a house that can sleep 16 people? Anybody? Maybe? Maybe. Not many of us, right? Own a house that could sleep, comfortably sleep 16 people. How many of you believe that you've ever thought about a house in Bethany or a house in Judea or a house in Cana that could sleep 16 people? My guess is our houses are way bigger than those houses, right? Did anybody ever think about the fact that Jesus' stop through all the time was the home of Mary and Martha, and there was always 12 of them, plus Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So that means there were 15 or 16 people. The family of Martha had means. They did. They had means. And they lived under a structure, which is why Martha was the way she was. She was the eldest female in a home that had a good living, were upstanding in the community, and were able to minister to, even though as a woman you weren't allowed to do that kind of thing, this was their ministry to Jesus and his disciples. She was kind. She was hospitable. She was a by-the-book woman whom Jesus loved, right? She was courageous. The, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders have already begun to target Jesus, right? They've already begun to make known that, that, that they don't like him. They are plotting against him. They are asking questions in order to get him on to trial. And to have him in your home is to go against the government of the day. 
She's courageous. She has a powerful belief in who this man is and what he teaches. Let me say that again. Martha has a powerful belief in who this man is and what he teaches. That is important. There are a lot of people in this room who have a powerful belief in who Jesus is and truly do in their hearts and minds want to understand what he teaches. Martha opened her home. She had a sister called Mary. That's all we get. Okay, I racked my brain trying to figure out like a Disney movie, right? That had a sweet, you know, caught up in the wind, you know, young, you know, uh, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, you know, just a fa-la-la princess with a, a character that was strong and dominant that we also love. But the strong and dominant characters are always the evil stepmother or the wicked witch or something like that. And I tried and I tried. Here's the best one I can come up with. All right, I had to go back to Harry Potter. All right, Martha is McGonagall, and Mary is Luna. All right, just good-hearted. When she speaks, it's like, yeah, my tennis shoes are up there. <laughs> and you love McGonagall, but you do not mess with her, right? All right, so, so, so here's what we got. We got Mary... And she just does a little bloop and plops right down on the floor in between James and John, the sons of thunder, mind you, smelling of much salmon and, and tuna and, and herring and, and leather and hairy and, you know, big, burly men. Bloop, a flower, a rose among thorns, right? But that's not all. Sat at his feet. We've already identified that Jesus is a rabbi, okay? That happens back when there is a voice that calls out from heaven and John the Baptist who affirm who he is. To become a rabbi, two had to speak in. And every Jewish person would have recognized that when John the Baptist said, this is the Messiah, and then the voice spoke from heaven, this is my son, you would have had confirmation of Jesus as a rabbi, all right? When it is spoken in the Old Testament that you sat at the feet, what that means is you were under the tutelage. You learned of the wisdom. You were being taught as a, as a Talmud or a Talmudid, a Talmudim, a, a disciple, right? Except... No women sat at the feet of the rabbi. Ever. Well, till today. Because Jesus is doing what he's been doing all the way through the book of Luke. Hey, Jewish people, God loves you. It's not about you. Hey, church, you've put me in a box and I do not have borders. Hey, church, I am glad that you choose to follow the rules, but the minute the rules take over the relationship, you have failed. Stop 
cleaning the outside and leaving the inside dirty. Stop whitewashing the tombs. Stop with the these ye ought have done. Look up Matthew 23, all of the woes. Stop being fake. Just be real. And Mary finds herself exactly where her heart longs to be, at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus is not about to push her out because she's female. Jesus is not about to push you out because you're white, to push you out because you're black, to push you out because you're Methodist, to push you out because of your past, to push you out because your mom doesn't say so, to push you out because you haven't been done. God doesn't do that. Come to me. Oh! And that's what he says right here. Martha gets discipled. And with a big grin on her face, she does all she knows, ready for this, and all she needs to do. All she knows to do and all she needs to do. Sit at his feet. Listen to his voice. How about the psalmist? Be still and know that I am God. But Martha was distracted. Not evil. Not sinful, not ungood, not unrighteous, not unreligious. She was, come on church, it's, this is important. She was, say it again, she was, again, she was, and what was she distracted from? Yes, loved Jesus, knew Jesus housed Jesus, fed Jesus, but was distracted from? How many times have I preached this message and how many more will I preach it? You can do good things that are not. You can do good things that are not God things. There's a knock on the door. And it's exciting because Jesus is here. But Martha immediately opens the door, throws on a smile, and then runs out the back door. She's headed to the Jerusalem Kroger. She fills her cart with the freshest of things. She fills it with meat that will fill the house as the men listen with the aroma of, of, of carrots and of onions and of celery and of maybe a, a, a pot row story. Probably not a pork tenderloin. Probably not. That's probably not. Just thinking. I do not understand how they do without bacon, though. Oh, bacon makes everything better. Oh, it does too. Yes, yeah, sweet baby Jesus. Okay. Bacon. That's what God made on the eighth day, I promise. Martha was distracted. So she's at the market and she's getting the food and she comes home and she begins to cook and she's got rolls in the oven. And guys, this is my wheelhouse, right? This is like, even as, as difficult as it can be, it's my escape. And there's, listen, there's only one thing when I cook. When I cook, I don't care if you like it or don't like it. My wife can tell you, there's only one thing that really gets on my nerves when I cook. When I cook, there's one thing that gets on my nerves. 
What is it? When it's red, when, when it goes on the table, you eat it. I do not fix a plate and have it. I did not work for three and a half hours for that to sit there for 20 minutes waiting on you. Eat it when it's done. Now, people are like, well, we didn't get here on time. Well, you get here when you tell me. I, I, I don't care. You can tell me 730. You can tell me 1030. It'll be ready at 1030. But when it's ready, you eat it. All right. That's the Martha in me. I got some Martha in me. Okay. But I know what it's like to time the rolls so that they're not finished and then sitting for an hour. They're, they're ready and they're still steamy. And to time the meat, and you don't want it to be on time, you want it to be about 10 minutes early because it's got to rest. Why does it got to rest? Because heat causes all the juices inside to go like fireworks, all right? And what you want it to do is settle back down. How many of you have ever pulled a steak out of a pan, sliced through it, and all that beautiful, brown, yummy, delicious, salty, meaty juice runs all over the cutting board? How many, how many of you have done that? Don't. Stop it. Let that thing sit for 10 minutes. But it'll be cold. No, it won't. It's 135 degrees when it comes out, right? Maybe 150 for some of you who don't know how to cook. That means all of you who eat well-done steaks. I'm talking to you sinners. If you wait 10 minutes and you cut it, there will be nothing on your board. Why? Because it's in the meat. And when you bite it, it'll shoot all over the inside of your mouth. And it'll, you'll taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> this is what Martha's doing. And it's good, right? She can't wait for Jesus to taste that piece of steak. She can't wait for James and John to rave about her mac and cheese. She can't wait for, for Bartholomew or, 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 or uh, uh, Judas, for crying out loud, to talk about her sweet tea. She can't wait. And she wants to do it. I know what that feels like. I want to do it just like you want to work in children's ministry and you want to work in the women's ministry and you want to be a greeter and you want to be here on Wednesday nights and you want to drive your children to this church event and that church event and you want to be the head of art camp and you want to be blah, 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 blah. And we spend so much time doing for Jesus that we forget that the God of the universe is in the next room. And we let serving Jesus distract us from Jesus. And do you know what Martha would say? That is not possible. I have planned and coordinated. And in a little while, I will sit with him at the table. Do you hear the words that are coming out of your mouth? The God of the universe is there, and your response is, in a minute? Church, how many in a minutes are sitting here right now? Can I just call you out on a few things? Do you know something I've heard a lot in the last two weeks? A lot. And I'm not looking at anybody in this room because I love you and I want you to hear me. I've heard this multiple times in the last two weeks, and dozens of times since I got here. 
I'll get baptized when, 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 I'm, when I'm, I got to get a lot of things together and I got to get good enough and I got to be righteous enough and I got I to get some things together, then I'll get baptized. You do understand that it is, I get saved, I get baptized, and then I spend the rest of my life trying to figure this thing out. It is not, I figure this thing out, oh, hey, Jesus, I found you. No, you can't get there without him. That's like saying, I'm going to run a race. I'm just going to start right here with the tape and run through it and then get in the starting blocks. What? That's seriously what that's like. That's like the 100-yard dash guy running down to the end, breaking the tape, and then going, I'm ready. That's like, that's like Reed Shepard. That would be like Reed Shepard saying, I'd like to shoot the three-pointer in the final four, and then I'll sign. Huh? You know what Jesus would say? I'm right here. All these things you've got to do, why don't we do them together? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. What are you so anxious for? What are you so burdened by? What are you trying to get accomplished that you can't do better with me? Why would anybody try to do everything without me and then call me? I'm just saying, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that, ready, had to be made. Check yourself. Before you wreck yourself, check yourself. Who thought all the preparations had to be made? Martha. Did Jesus think the preparations had to be made? Did Peter think the had to be made? Did Mary think they, who thought they had to be made? Check yourself. And if you're unsure, pick up the phone and call me. I'm feeling particularly spunky this week. I'll let you know what has to be done. That's what I'm here for. God love you. Lord, don't you care? What? Listen, this is a smart woman. This is a good woman. She makes all kinds of errors here. Lord, she got that one right. Don't you care? The most caring thing on the planet. Don't you care? That my sister has left me? Oh, uh, now wait. Didn't nobody go nowhere. Except her, Kroger. So who left? To do the work by myself? Was there a plan in place here? Did, did she miss some schedule? Did she not look at Jamie's, you know, list of chores for the week? Oh, it's in, it's there. It's in the laundry room on the wall every week. Tell her, oh, church, stop. Tell her to help me. You know what, you know what Martha just did? made Jesus the co-pilot. She put herself in the driver's seat. 
She said, not thy will, but mine be done. <gasps> Think about that. Not thy will, but mine be done. Hey, Jesus, could you just not teach for a second and send Mary in here to be distracted and act like you care and follow my lead? This is one of those times when I wish Jesus had said, woman, because he does a few times. Yeah, he does. The New Testament has that a lot. Woman, he does it to his mama. When he turns water into wine, she says, Jesus, they need wine. And he goes, woman, why do you concern me? But he doesn't do that. You know what he says? Martha, Martha. He does this two other times in the scripture. Simon, Simon. And it is, do you know what it is? There's a southern phrase for Jesus using two names. Bless your heart. Martha, Martha, Saul, Saul, Simon, Simon is Greek for bless your heart. Write it down. The preacher said it's, yes, using the name twice is Greek for bless your heart. Southern style. It is a, it is a loving, you're pitiful. You are worried and upset about many things. Basically, he says, Lord, have mercy. Of course, if Jesus said it, it would be me, have mercy, but still. You are upset about many things. What are you doing, sister? <laughs> That's what he says. Oh. If I could only get the people that I love to understand. If there were a verse that let them know that if they would seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and then everything else would be added to them. I think I'm going to have to write that down. If there were only a verse that said, cast your cares on me because I care, not like you noticed, for you. If there were only something that said, I am the way, the truth, what? If only. And he says, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm a pretty smart man. <laughs> I'm God for crying out loud. And I can't for the eternal life of me think of anything more important than this. Because if you got this, everything else works. I know because I made everything else. Mary got it right. Martha, listen. Martha got distracted. She's not evil. She's not unrighteous. She's not impure. 
She's distracted. And church, we live in a world where there are way more distractions than there are attractions. Way more opinions than there are facts. Way more chiefs, wannabe chiefs, dumb chiefs, flat out foolish people than there are Indians, leaders, followers. Turn your eyes. Come on, church. Upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and prayer for you is that you find yourself undistracted this week. That not today Satan would be your mantra. And I forgive every parent of a toddler or a teen this week if you call your child Satan. I forgive you. You're welcome. It's a free pass. It just has to begin with not today. The caveat is that when you turn from the evil one, that you do not turn to more service, that you do not turn to more money, that you do not turn to more people, that you turn to Jesus. Mary got it right. Wake up and say today, I choose his feet. Let's pray. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. You are anxious and stressed about many things. You are overwhelmed by your calendar. You are mitigated by the madness. Come unto me. You are welcome at my table. Father, draw us close to you. In Jesus' name. And amen.